Hey there. Thank you so much for tuning in to A Lens into Medicine, a platform and community where future medical professionals are encouraged to join to learn more about what the future holds for them. I'm your host, Parth. This podcast will be a place where we talk about what really happens in medicine, including the healthcare education leading up. We'll bring on current university students, residents, and healthcare professionals to learn more about their experiences along the journey. Surrounded by the internet in this day and age, people only seem to highlight their wins and successes. As a result, I wish to bring transparency and reveal the raw details that lie along the way. I can't wait to meet you, and I'm excited for what the future holds for us. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to A Lens Into Medicine, where today we'll be talking about how the med school application process may look, and specifically on its components and the stress that it could have on applicants. Today, our guest is Naman, a soon-to-be first-year medical school student at John Hopkins Medical School. So, Naman, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast today. And do you want to introduce yourself really quick? Yeah, um, my name is Noman Hussain. I am a graduate from Johns Hopkins University. I majored in neuroscience there, and I've taken the last month or so kind of off relaxing a bit before medical school because one of the things we'll talk about probably today is is the process of application. And it's a tough process where you need to really give a lot to the actual application. So it was good for me that once I graduated, I was able to take a break for the last few months and just relax. Yeah, yeah, that's really important. Uh, Do you want to talk about like... Uh, did you go on any trips in the summer? Uh, any, you know, any research? Did you do anything in the internships or, you know, taking this off before your journey really begins? Yeah, yeah. So I, I did two main things. One of the things I did was during undergrad, I researched at a neuroscience lab at uh, Topics Medical. So I continued doing some research remotely there. And that just involved looking through patient data and kind of looking for certain correlations between like their outcomes and what we did to cause those outcomes. And then I also took a few vacation trips. I went to I went to uh, Pakistan earlier this year. I went to, you know, Greece, London. So I, I, I just took a bunch, like a bunch of time to myself as well, just before medical school. Yeah, that's definitely really important. You know, uh, the med school process, residency, you know, everyone that goes through has a long journey and it's important to take a break before to, you know, maybe relieve some of that stress that you go through in the beginning before, you, you know, you get immersed into the process and you really get into the goal. So, yeah, thank you for that. Um, I always start out my podcast with the same question. Why did you choose this specific career path? Yeah, um, I think there are really two reasons for me. I think the, the first reason isn't as interesting, but, but for me, it was like I was kind of looking for, for what career path really interested me. And it seemed like when I tried different career paths, computer science or business or you know law, none of them really interested me. So because the interest wasn't there, I, I was kind of, kind of deterred from going to those those fields. So for me, it ended up looking like medicine was one of those fields that, you know, I have some interest in it, I could probably do well in. And then the second thing, I think the more important reason for me is I always told myself whatever career I choose, I wanted to make sure that the career had a, an impact on people. I wanted to do something positive. I wanted to, you know, do some good with my with my job and with the skills I was, you know, I, I was learned and trained to, to kind of master. So because of that, you know, I, I thought medicine was the path for me. Yeah, definitely. And I think uh, I said this last time as well. Um, you can't you can't do this if you're in it for the money or for the clout, you know, 
it's like you need to have some inner kind of responsibility and you want to you know help people you want to and you have to be passionate about your, what you're doing so you know uh even though you might not be sure in the beginning you know you should try it out as he said uh he knew one of the main things he knew was he wanted to help people out and this is a really great way of doing that so um let's get into the actual questions i have prepared for you today so on a scale of one to ten how stressful was the medical school application process for you? Um, to be honest, it was probably, you know, within seven, eight, it was one of the most stressful things I've, I've done in my life. Just because the the amount of stuff they make you do and the amount of like hidden requirements that you have to fulfill in order to get into medical school is just growing every year. So, you know, you're not only competing with people who are, you know, at the same level as you, but you're competing with people who have taken other careers and four or five years older than you. So it's, it's a very stressful process where you, have to put everything on the line just to get into medical school itself yeah for sure and you do you agree that it was harder and more stressful than undergrad like the undergrad application oh, process significantly significantly harder because there are so many different requirements that that there isn't for undergrad that medical school requires you to have that i mean in terms of just hours you might have to do two thousand more hours of work just to get into medical school versus undergrad like the the amount of work they make you do is incredible yeah and i think that's uh something that a lot of high schoolers and you know even undergrad students they don't recognize like the difference between the uh, undergrad process and then the medical school process because they think that because they've already done it once they can do it again unfortunately that's not the case and i i i would think it's a lot more selective uh because you know because of how stressful the journey is going to be in the future and how you know how difficult it is do do you have any like reasons on why you think that this process is much more selective um there are just so many good applicants nowadays when you when you look and see i mean we, we've come to a point in time where the average gpa the average mcat score is increasing the the amount of things people are doing outside of just their classes is it's incredible i mean these people are there, there are people putting in two thousand hours of volunteering and they don't get to medical school so we've come to a point where you not only have to have just a little bit of volunteering a little bit of research a little bit of you know um, clinical hours, you have to have a lot of these things. And because of that, you know, we're, we're seeing that so many people are getting them even at such high requirements that medical schools are having a hard time kind of differentiating people. So you end up with super qualified people, maybe not getting into medical school. Yeah. Uh, and so what did you specifically do to get your application ready? Yeah, for me, it just took a lot of from the beginning, knowing that I wanted to go to medical school. For me, it helped that I knew from day one that medical school was my goal. So my first, my, my first, second semester, I tried to find a research lab. And I, once I found that, you know, I worked at the research lab and that was important to me because getting the research done was one of the, one of the soft requirements in medicine. So I had research done. Outside of that, I kind of worked on volunteering. I, I worked at a, a nonprofit that helped kind of mentor these middle school, middle school, middle school students in, in Baltimore. And, you know, we did that for three, four years. And that really helped those kids as well as helped me with my application cycle, because that's an important thing to look for. Outside of that, I volunteer hospitals over the summer. You know, I tutor other college students. You you do these things because they're they're good things to do. But also, every pre med knows that when you do these things, you're also doing them because they help your cycle. So there's just a lot of individual components you have to kind of throw together to get into medical school. Yeah. So um, I, we we haven't talked about the MCAT really yet, right? And I think that's would that's probably one of the biggest, if not a very big component of one's application. So tell me about your MCAT process, you know, your, your, your feelings throughout the process, the hours you put in and, you know, 
the amount of times he took it. So give me some details about that. Yeah. So, so to, to kind of preface it all, the MCAT is a, it's a brutal exam. It's very long and it's not easy. <laughs> Those three things are very, very, very true. And for me, you know, I was actually a little bit lazy. The summer before, I ended up taking it in January. The last summer before, from June to August, I, I was I was told by so many people to study then, at least start studying, I didn't. And I ended up studying the end of November, December, and most of January. And I took it at the end of January. And because of the MCAT and how tough it is, I had to study from 9 a.m. to midnight almost every day. Of course, not studying the entire time, but studying for, you know, at, at minimum 12 hours a day for like a month, two months. And, and it was it was brutal because you, you have to put in so many hours. It's a seven-hour exam, and the amount of content is just like nothing you've taken before. So so the MCAT, is it's a very tough process. It requires you to, to give up a lot of your own time to study and learn all the material. Because once you learn all the material, that's the first step. The second step for the MCAT is applying the material. So because of that, you end up spending part of your time just learning just tons and tons of content. Like I have books over there, just tons and tons of books of just content I have to go over. And then after that, the questions aren't just like, do you know this fact? It's, you know this fact, here's a passage, apply this fact to something new you haven't seen yet. And because of that, it just takes a lot of time to do well on the MCAT. And I ended up taking it once because I got a good score. But for a lot of people, it's going more and more common to take it multiple times. Yeah, and I, and you know, if you start late or like as you said, you are a little bit lazy in the beginning, and some people they don't get the score they want, and that's you know some big like that's something that I feel like takes away that motivation to you know become a doctor or go to medical school because you know if you go and get in that first year because of your MCAT, you don't want to do it all over again. Uh, so. Did you have like people around you that couldn't pursue their dreams? Um, I wouldn't say couldn't pursue their dreams, but I do know a couple of people who, who despite like you know they had great requirements, they they put all the requirements, and, and they should be going to medical school, but because the process is so tough, they have to reapply the cycle. So I do know a couple of people who just have to reapply. Yeah. So how did you keep like your focus on on what you wanted to do? Um, you know, did you think you were influenced by what people were doing around you, or did you, you know, stay on that track and you kept your head where you wanted to go? It's, it's a lot of kind of knowing what you want to do because, you know, in, in college especially, you'll, you'll meet all kinds of people. You'll meet people who, who are really goal-driven, and I've met people who, who would be in the library 24-7. I would never see them outside the library because they just want to study and, and get out of college and do something, you know, with their lives like that. And then there were some people I met who could care less about school. And, you know, they went to college, they got their C's, and they had fun. And, you know, you, you kind of have to find the middle ground of what you think is okay. How much studying you think is okay versus how much fun you want to have. And so for me, I knew my goals. And I think in hindsight, maybe I put a little too much effort into the studying part. I wish I had a little bit more fun, but in the end, like the process, you know, yielded good results. But I think what's important is really finding that balance for yourself of how much you want to work and how much you want to kind of have fun because otherwise you, you could end up with, I have some people, like I have some friends who had really bad first year GPAs because they, they didn't take it seriously. And even now they regret it, like three years on the line saying, you know, I'm applying to medical school. I have to get a really good MCAT score because my GPA is not that good in freshman year. So it, it's a struggle. Yeah. So um, I feel like the people around you, uh, you know, whether they, they're doing a good thing or a bad thing uh, or well, not necessarily good or bad, but if they're doing something you want to do, uh, regardless of that, you need to keep your you know mind where it's at and your head like head down and you, you have to be goal driven. So how do you think that? you differentiated yourself, you know, from those people that were having fun getting their C's and you really did what you wanted to do. What would you say was your like motivation for that? 
I mean, the motivation for me has always been simple. I have my, my goal in the end is to to go into medicine. Not only that, like ideally, I'd like to go into a surgical specialty. So because of that, I knew there are certain things I had to have. I had to go into a good medical school. I had to I had to work hard. I had to get a good GPA, good MCAT score, and I knew that if I didn't, it'd be almost like a disservice to myself. So that's what I told myself. When I got into Hopkins undergrad, I said, you know, I got into this great school. If I end up coming out of here without much to show for it, like why did I go? Why did I spend the money on this school? And why did I even put this this much effort into get into this school if I don't work hard at this school and get the results that I, I feel like I deserve? So because of that, for me, it was very much like me telling myself, this is what you're worth and this is how this is what your potential is. And if your potential is this, you have to work for it. Because otherwise I could very easily have done what they did and I probably wouldn't be in medical school. I would be at a at a worse medical school at this point. Right. Um, and you brought up something uh, that I, I noticed just then. You talked about how, you know, you went to a great school and that you need to get something out of it. Do you think that the undergrad school that you go to has an influence on, you know, your preparation for med school? And do you think it provides you with uh, things that you need to be successful? Um, I think there, I think it, it's tough. I think that the school itself alone does provide you an edge, but it's as much as you put in. If you go to a great school but don't really try or don't 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 use its resources, then there's no point. You might as well have gone to, you know, a lower tier school because you're getting the same result. But like, for me, I went to Hopkins undergrad and I I did a research at Hopkins Medical School, which is next to it. So I got a really big benefit there. And Hopkins undergrads classes are so tough that I learned how to study correctly. I learned kind of how to take these these tough classes and do well in them. So in that regard, you know, I'm more prepared for medical school because I already took such hard classes that other schools might not even have. But it's as much, it's really what you put in. If I had gone there, I didn't do any research, I just took it, you know, not as serious, then I might as well have just gone to a different school because I got nothing out of it. Yeah, so, you know, you, you talked about earlier how you were studying from nine to 12 and, you know, for a couple months almost. Did you have schoolwork at that time? And if so, like, how did you balance everything? Well, luckily at that point, it, I got a little bit of reprieve because it was in the middle of COVID and that was our winter break. So, so for that, I did have a little more free time myself because our campus is closed for COVID. So we were at home. I got to study, you know, in my room and, and such, but even then I have friends who had studied for the MCAT during class and for them, it was tough. I mean, we had to schedule, like say we wanted to go watch a movie. We had to schedule with them weeks in advance to try to figure out when they can fit time because the MCAT is not something you can study for in a month unless you have the entire time and you don't at school. So you really have to, you kind of have to just manage your schedule and, and realize that you have to give up certain things for a time. Yeah, and I think that that time management is something that really differentiates people. And, you know, I talked to, uh, like, our last podcast guest, Riddhi. She talked about how she had to make time for these things and that, like, in the beginning, when she got into med school, she was, like, she only she she had her you know head in the textbook she was only studying but then she realized that she needs to create that balance you know like she has to go out she has to go watch those movies so i feel like how did you not get burnt out through that you know rigorous studying process no you you, you do get burnt out but I, i'd be surprised if anyone didn't get burnt out at first but what, what makes it better is you have to have a a good support system i think that was important to me i had my, my parents i had my friends and just taking a second when you're when you're stressed out. I mean, there was times. I think there was one time, and it, it's probably the lowest bit I've gotten in in college. I got like a maybe like a seventy-eight, and at the time it, it sounds like a like a bad score, but at the time like an A was very close to seventy-eight, so it wasn't terrible. But for me, that was like my lowest ever exam score. So immediately, I, I told my parents. I talked to them. They kind of like 
they call me, they're like, you know, it's okay. It's, it's one test. We're not a big deal. Talk to my friends. And after doing all those things, you kind of realize that, you know, you can take it easy, take a second and breathe because it is a tough process, but you have people there with you. So a support system, I think, is the most important thing you can have. Right. And, you know, do you think that that support system consisted of people who also wanted to go into medicine? And do you think that you learned from what they were doing and they learned from what you were doing? You guys collaborated a little bit? You know, that's a good point. I think that's a great thing that I had as well, is that I also had friends that were going to medicine. So because of that, they did. They were in the same class as me. They understand the same struggles I had. And because of that, we kind of relate. And, you know, there were times where I was in, for example, cell biology. It's, it's one of the hardest classes we have at Hopkins for, for pre-meds, is one of the pre-med requirements. And me and my roommate, who was also pre-med, we, we would just sit there and study in the library. So it, it was good to have someone to support you because when you're going through tough content, like having a friend with you just makes it so much better. It makes studying even easier as well. Yeah, for sure. And, and I think that's applicable to all stages of your life. You need to have people around you that are similar. You know, they have a similar goal at hand and they want to do the same thing as you. And so, you know, I, I always end off the podcast with the same question. You know, um, this podcast is meant to bring transparency to, you know, things that you think that the exact thing that you're going through, because a lot of people, they don't have a lens into this. They don't see what's actually going on. And, you know, I learned a lot from this podcast as well. So if you had one piece of advice that you could give to people who want to go to med school and do what you're doing and are about to do one day, what would you want to tell them? Um, you know, I, whenever anyone asks me about advice, the, the one thing I always ask, I always say first, basically, is which is the advice I give, which is that if you're going into medicine, please be sure it's something that you that you want to do. Look it up and learn how difficult the process is because it's not a four-year thing. It's not even a 10-year thing. If you include undergrad, medical school, plus residency, this could be a 12 to 15-year thing. This is an extremely long process that's, that's very demanding and it requires a lot of your time. So be sure you're willing to, to spend most of your 20s putting in the work at school to get something out of it because it's not for the money. You can make more money in the long term in any other field. You don't need to go into medicine for money. That's not the right reason. It's not for, for the the respect you get from others because other skills are also just respected it's it's because you see yourself helping people in this way you think it's important to you that's why you should went to medicine because otherwise it's a waste of time yeah and you know i would even contend that it's a lifelong thing you know after the 12 years when you're actually practicing and you're actually you know a full-fledged physician or a surgeon you have to make a lot of sacrifices at that point as well you know so you have to think about the entire, the whole process, which is incredibly long. So yeah, thank you so much for, you know, giving this insight, Naman, on, you know, your journey and, you know, things that you learned along the way, as well as, you know, where, where your mind was. And to, to the listeners, uh, if you've made it this far, thank you so much for listening. Uh, I would really appreciate it if you guys could leave a review and rating on whatever platform you're on. If you're on Instagram, please follow us on uh, or at A Lens Into Medicine and subscribe to whatever platform you're on. Just follow, you know, if you want to get notification of when we upload next time. To learn more about me or what I do, head to our website, uh, alensintomedicine.com. And Naman, do you have anything that you want to say to our uh, listeners? Uh, to any pre-meds or medicine hopefuls out there, good luck. I wish you all the best and hopefully you get exactly what you're looking for from this field. Yep. Thank you so much. And I'll see you all next time. Thank you, Norman. Mm -hmm.